0: Well, that didn't go as planned. Welcome to the Burger Smokehouse PowerMizzou.com dance class on the heels of an 80-70 to 70 loss at Georgia. Maybe by now we should have expected it, honestly. Um, Missouri had a 13-point lead with 14.5 minutes to play and lost this game by double figures. Um, I Just a complete and total turnaround in the middle of a half. Um it, Missouri started the second half the beginning of the second half has been a problem for Missouri at times this year. It wasn't a problem tonight. They scored the first 6 points to take a, a I think they had a 9 point lead, 10 point lead. It was 43-33. They had a 10 point lead. Um then it, like I said, uh extended that to 13. It was 48-35 with 14 and a half to go. From that point on, it was 45 to 22. Georgia. This is not a good Georgia team. They doubled Missouri up in the final 14:30 of the game. Um. This is a look. We talked on the pregame show for those of you who are here for that. We talked about how Missouri had to win this game for many reasons, right? But um. I will now listen to the people that think the wheels are off, or are at least you've lost a couple lug nuts somewhere on the highway. I, I think as of today, this team makes the tournament. Conzo Martin expressed confidence that his guys will figure it out. I'm not really here to listen to the idea that just because Jeremiah Tillman wasn't there, there's an excuse for this. Um, no, you you should have won this game. This is. This is a game NCAA tournament teams win. This is a game good teams win. This is a game even bad teams win when they're up 13 points in the second half. Um, Look, I appreciate everybody that's here with comments and and questions and all that, and we certainly are going to get to those, and we're going to take your calls. Two things we always do before that. First, we thank Burger Smokehouse. You can see up in the upper right-hand corner their logo. They make this show possible every single game. It's been a little bit more depressing than you guys might have wanted. Um, You might, you know, just make yourself up some pulled pork and have a cold beer and drown your sorrows while you watch the show. But uh, I would recommend if you do that, you get it from Burger Smokehouse. You can do that at smokehouse.com. You can do it at various grocery stores across the state, Price Chopper, Hy-Vee, Schnucks, Gerbs, um, all kinds of places that you can get it. Smokehouse.com. They're family owned and operated out of California, Missouri. Burger Smokehouse, the official smokehouse of Mizzou Athletics and also of the PowerMizzou.com dance class all season long. The other thing we always do before we get to the comments and the questions and all that is we hear from the head coach. Conzo uh, Martin just did his press conference in what appeared to be like a thrown-together homemade gym somewhere in Stigman Coliseum. Uh, so we're going to play that for you, and I want to warn you guys, there are a couple of inter- technical issues, not on my end, but just a couple technical issues early on in the press conference. I think the second and fourth questions have some problems, so you're going to have to kind of stick with it for about 15, 20 seconds in there, but then they disappear and and everything will go smoothly. So here's Conzo from Athens, Georgia, after an 80-70 to 70 loss.
1: Hey, Coach Martin, it looked like live ball turnovers were really an issue there in the second half. Just what changed after taking care of the ball so well in the first half?
2: Man. Uh, great question. I thought we did a great job moving it, getting really what we were looking for in the first half, even into the second half to maybe around, the, I guess, 15-minute mark or somewhere around that. And I thought we had a you know couple key mislayups around the rim, and then those live ball turnovers led to maybe, I think they had like four threes at one point. That's 12 point turnaround, and uh, just kind of back and forth, back and forth there. Uh, yes, man. I just again, you put yourself in a position to win it on the road. You got to find a way to win it. Mate, we we heard major major cutting out really bad. Um, some of these losses that intense and lagging.
1: Maybe you're cutting out really bad. We'll
3: move on to Ben on net Sorry, Coach. When you you look at some of these, um, you know, midweek games um, where the momentum has flipped, is is there any common thread that that you're seeing from some of these games?
2: uh out, outside of man, you know, you gotta you gotta stay strong. You gotta finish the game. Stay strong. And I thought we had some stuff around the rim, just didn't capitalize. And um, you know, a couple of key live ball tunnels led to probably three point shots. They got their heads up, made some threes. And I think that was a sequence where they had made four threes. And, but it just felt like we we could get what we wanted to get offensively. Man, it just they made some plays, got their heads up in the chain. But I, I don't, you know, I don't think there's one game after another game, whether it's midweek or weekend. I just thought we had great energy, great game plan, everything we were trying to do. It just we couldn't we couldn't maintain for whatever reason uh, and, and just really execute what we're trying to do offensively. They matter. Conzo, Kobe Brown really carried
0: you a lot offensively early. Just what did you think of, of his game tonight?
2: Thought he was aggressive, thought he was in attack mode, uh, and he started cramping up a little bit, uh, but but it wasn't bad, but I thought he was a threat in and around the rim, even facing up, making plays. Uh, but we felt like we had an advantage with him. And again, I think the key with him was just being aggressive mentally, the mindset to look to score. And maybe because of Tillman out, he probably felt like I need to do that, but it wasn't as if we put more pressure to say, we need you to score. I just thought we felt like there was an opportunity for him and he got off to a great start early. Blair?
1: You're on mute, Blair.
4: Eric. Condo, it seems like at different times you want different guys kind of being the primary ball handler. At times it was X tonight, at times it was Bugs. Just what goes in that decision making based on what's happening in the game?
2: Oh, if Bugs and X are in there, again if they if they get a rebound, then either one of them brings it up. But if Bugs and X are in the game together, unless we run a specific play to get somebody involved, then Bugs is probably the point guard. So you want X off the ball so he can score. Unless we run a play specifically for him. Bill
0: Pollock. Yeah, Konzo, when you were up by 13, your team turned the ball over nine times and then two for nine from three-point range. I was just looking real quick. I may, may be off a little bit, but I think I'm accurate there. But is, is that what you want? You talked about having the offense, but it looked like there were some rushed shots, not taking care of the basketball. Was, was the offense really there what you wanted?
2: Well, we certainly don't want the turnovers. That, that's first and foremost. But I, but I thought a couple guys took some quick ones. And again, that that's one of those things that we talk about. You know, you have to understand how you got the lead and maintain that. I mean, just because there's a lead in this in this shot seems to be easy or looks good, it's not the best shot if you not if that's not who you are all the time. And I think that that's the biggest key. Just finish doing what we do to get us to that point, and let's finish the game that way. But of course, you don't want the turnovers, no. Andrew,
5: coach. Uh- have you talked to Jeremiah recently? Do you know how he's doing? It? And do you have any idea when you can expect him back?
2: Uh, have I talked to him? Yes, I talked to him. He's doing, I guess he's doing as well as he can do right now. I mean, i feeling this uh, when you lose a loved one. Uh, but we, we expect him back soon, yes. Gabe?
0: Konzo, the, the last couple road games that have gone this way, you've you've kind of, said intensity dropped off in the second half. Did you think that happened tonight or was tonight a little bit different?
2: No, I didn't think the effort fell off. I thought I thought it did at Ole Miss, but I didn't think the effort fell off. I just thought uh, a quick shot here, a live ball turnover, you know, mislead for us around the rim, a couple of those. And it's like it, it, the momentum shifts, they make a play here and all of a sudden they hit two, three, three, three threes in a row, I think. And that, that changed the game. But I, I didn't think the intensity, not at all. But, but I thought what the, the game plan, and we felt like the way they defend ball screens, we would have a lot of action around the rim when our five men on the bigs are diving. We just got to capitalize because they they were up on X and Drew was, that's fine. I thought we did a great job in the first half taking advantage of that. Second half, we, we just didn't, you know, get them around the rim like we needed to to put them in. What's that?
6: Hey, coach. So you guys were
0: six for 26 on threes tonight. Uh, when you're shooting like that, do you really want 26 attempts or do you want to, kind of make a more concerted effort to get to the hole.
2: Well, I thought it was a key, I, I thought we, as a staff, we felt like we, sh- we were shooting, shooting them early and quick in the first half. When the game first started, we had a lot of three-point attempts and, and, it, and there was some wide open shots. You can't pass up open shots, but I thought it was some of them quick. So we just t- told the guys to settle down a little bit. Let's get to the rim. Then we'll get that same shot. Uh, in the second half, uh, uh, maybe a couple rushed here and there. Maybe there was a drive, should have drove the ball. Yeah, but, but again, we don't have a number to say this many threes. You, you have to know the shots, feet down, shot, ready shot stuff that we practice. You have to be ready to shoot the ball, and you just can't settle like if, if it's easy. You got to drive the ball if you're a driver and make plays when you need to make plays. I thought in the first half we had some good looks, but we just felt like we need to probably drive the ball a little bit more early. Back to Belay.
0: Coach, um, uh, you've got a veteran team. All teams go through what you're going through right now. Are you confident that – you know, with the veteran leadership you have on this team,
3: they can, they can fight their way out of this?
2: Oh, without question, because as long as you got the effort, and we we understand how we need to score. We, we get opportunity to score the ball. It's taking advantage of what we do. Just having that grit and situation when teams make a run. I, th- I think I think at Ole Miss, we didn't have the grit. I think in this game, a quick shot here and there, uh, a couple easy easy miss, misses around the rim. Kind of take the momentum out of you. Then they get their heads up, live ball turnovers, and they made plays there. But I thought we had had what we needed to win the game.
3: Back to Dave Manning. Hey, kanza you've you kind of mentioned
0: before. There's not many guys, really. Jeremiah's the only one. It's been in late season games where you're kind of chasing something. Um, is that? It's not excuse, but these guys aren't adjust. They're not really used to games like this with stuff on the line. How, how hard is it to learn how to close games out like that?
2: I think it's one, you got. You have to go through it. Uh, you have to have guys, like, and, and then what happens, I, I don't care how old you are, I mean, you you got singers all around the country, but if they hadn't been in situations, and, and, and they're not that level of guidance, be able to say, okay, this is what it takes. Let me put you on my back. And i not going say put you on my back to go, I'll go score the ball, but just understanding, this is what we have to do every time down. It's kind of like, okay, you do your part, I'll do my part because they're good guys. But it's like, somebody has to take the ball by the horn, so to speak, and say, like, okay, here we go. We gotta get stopped here, let's execute it. And it, it can't always come from the sideline, you know. Uh, and I think that is the biggest key in, in going through those situations, understanding what it takes to win, having the grit to win, having the grit to get the stop, because we have all that. But it, but it can't be waiting on somebody else to do it for you. Somebody has to take, take the torch. That's time for a
4: few more, Jack. Uh, I'm sorry, Gonzo, uh, this is, I think, the fifth time you guys have let, let a double-digit lead turn into either a really close win or, or a loss like this for Mississippi State. Is it fair to say that at this point it's a pattern for you guys, and what, what keeps happening to the point where you struggle to put teams away?
2: Well, I guess it is fair to say if it's happened five times, but it just, I, I think different things happen in different games. uh just a matter of down the stretch, executing what we're doing. If it's getting the ball inside, finishing at the rim, getting key stops, all those things that matter sometimes and it's just a matter of doing it, and I think it's one individual pride when you're talking getting stops, and on the offense understanding what it takes for us to win and be successful. you executing and, and taking care of the ball, and then simply making open shots when you have those opportunities to make them. Bring it back to Mitch. Conzo, is, is there anything more you you want to see from from X? I guess consistently in a, in a game like this. Well, I think you know just. Strong drives, you know the stuff we talk about all the time. You know, strong defense, uh, execute when we're trying to do. It. As, as a point guard, you, know, you got you know one of the guys, experienced guys on our program. We're just doing it at that level, yes. I mean, but it's but it's, it, it's nothing different than I talk about all the time. Last question for coach. When we get
1: the players in, Rob. Hey, coach. Obviously, y'all are a different team without Tillman. Do you think that you guys are still kind of searching for your identity here as you finish up conference play?
2: No, I don't think you search for an identity We know we are. We we have to defend, rebound, and play all that's when we're our best. And we have we have different guys that can score the ball. So it's not just one guy scoring the ball. We have a variety of guys that can score the ball and make plays. And we and, and, and our successes as a whole, we are as good when we're all together because everybody understands, everybody understands their role, everybody play together. Uh, but searching for an identity now. This is February, we're headed into March. Thanks.
0: All right, so Conzo Martin, there you have it from Athens, Georgia, again, an 80 to 70 loss that Missouri led by 13, and then just I mean fell apart there's There's no other way to put it. um you know what I, I thought what stuck out to me there in that post game Conzo said something like this a couple times lately, said, you know, they're seniors, but I, I don't know if we're a veteran team because we haven't been in games that matter um and, and, and you hear coaches all the time say, hey, you got to learn to win, right? Well, that's all well and good. But the problem is, it's almost March, and they are all seniors. And if this team doesn't learn to win, then I guess the thought is the underclassmen are going to know how to win in future years. But I look, that's concerning. Missouri's big thing was experience and, and veteran leadership and all that. And if that doesn't matter if that doesn't count then then I don't know what this team has because they can't just line up and out talent people I mean that that's all there is to that um look I just put the phone number up there the Skype line is open that is always our first priority on this show we'll take your calls at 573-234-4935 if you've got an idea what's going on if if you've got some questions about what's going on if you just want to call in bitch if you want to call and just kind of talk to me about something that makes you feel better than Missouri basketball makes you feel, whatever, man, that's what we're here for. Um, feel free, dial up the number, 573-234-4935. We will uh, hang out and, and take your calls and, and your questions and your comments about this game. Um, all right, this one to me, I mean, this is the low point of the year. I don't think there's any question. Ole Miss, yeah, it sucked, but Ole Miss is an NCAA tournament-caliber team. Mississippi State, obviously not great, but, you know, you, you were playing really well. You stubbed your toe. This, I mean, there was no reason. Missouri had to know everything that was on the line in this game. Top four seed in the league. You know, playing kind of for, not for your NCAA tournament life, because they can still make it. I'm sure we're going to talk about that plenty as we go on. Um, They they can still make it. As of today, probably should still make it. But Missouri had a lot on the line in this game. Not the least of which is is just kind of pride and momentum. And, And Georgia's not a good team, guys. I mean, they're just... They're not. I I don't know what to tell you, and, and they sure look like one tonight. And we're we're gonna go to the phone lines now. We're gonna start in the eight three two area code. Who's on the phone?
1: this is Patrick.
0: What's up, Patrick? How you doing, man?
1: Oh man, I tell you what, uh, doing a <laughs> little bit great. of meeting tonight. I tell you. Yeah. Um, I I was just telling talking to my buddies. We're just getting more and more, you know, just frustrated because you have, again you have such high hopes as as the season was progressing that this is almost like the, uh, the inverse of uh, Kentucky, how they normally struggle in the beginning, mm-hmm. and then the younger talent gets the experience, and they excel in the back half of the season and then into the tournament. It just seems now that it's the, the, the younger, more talented teams at the SEC uh, are now being able to outplay the older, less talented team uh, in missouri and uh i don't know if it's just that simple to say that but it just you just had that feeling that it looked like every time yeah. you the, the past several losses you're just out there and you're like missouri just doesn't have the horses doesn't have the talent of these other teams who are average to below average in the sec uh you just yeah. look at it physically it's just athletically they just don't look the, the part but
0: there might be something to that
1: from somebody in oklahoma
0: yeah no there might be something to that i mean if you watch that game tonight Missouri doesn't have anybody that can do what Tamani Kamara can do on a basketball court. They just don't. Uh, um, not sure they have anybody that's as good as, as K D. Johnson, the freshman. I mean, that kid looked like he looked like he could play running back, honestly, in the SEC. That kid is Absolutely. he is stacked for a for a six one dude. Um but this is and I said it kind of privately to some people. Uh, in the first half of the season, when they were going to thirteen and three or whatever they were, and look, it, you don't want to say it publicly because there's no point in saying, "Hey, I don't think they're that good." But but I said to people, I don't know what this team does well except win. Like I look at them, and they shouldn't be winning this many games, right? And yep. now it's kind of catching up to them, and 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 I don't think it's as simple as saying it's the law of averages because they did win those games, and and that counts and all that, but. I think they probably aren't as bad as they've looked the last 10 days, but they, weren't, they aren't as good as they looked for the first two months of the season either. And, and what you say might have some validity. I mean, these other teams just are, are getting their feet wet. They didn't have an off season and all that, and that kind of helped Missouri, right? They were, they were so experienced they'd all played together, and it didn't matter that they didn't have the summer to play together. Well, now everybody's had three months.
1: You're exactly right. Gabe, so. okay, i always appreciated it. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thanks for the call, Patrick. I appreciate it, man. And this, this is why I like the show because, like, I hadn't thought of that, that, that way to look at it. That's a, that's a pretty good point by Patrick, right? These other teams, if you watch Ole Miss play, you think they probably have more talent than Missouri. If you watch Georgia play, you think they probably have more talent than Missouri. If you watch Mississippi State play, you think they probably do. Auburn maybe. Just, just I'm talking raw athleticism and talent. But Missouri brought back a roster that had all been together for two and a half years, basically. And they'd all, Kobe Brown less than that, obviously, but, but the rest of them pretty much two and a half years. And they'd all, they all knew what each other was going to do and they'd played together before and you kind of get this sense of, hey, I know where this guy's going to go and in this situation, I know what this guy can do and all that. And so that matters in a year where these other teams couldn't have freshmen show up on campus in June and get a whole summer in, and they couldn't take trips to Canada and Italy and play exhibition games against pro teams and stuff. That matters when coaches have two and a half, three weeks of practice before they're throwing these guys out there for their first game. But after Valentine's Day, these teams have all been playing for three months now, and they've been together every day. And that experience advantage is mitigated a little bit over what it was at the beginning of the year. And so yeah, I think that's I think that's a great point. Um and 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 maybe a reason that things are leveling out a little bit, right? Um I also think I mean I watched that game and I I don't know man. When when your best player cause I and I don't know if Xavier Pinson's the best player, but he's one of them. He's in the discussion. When you just don't know when he's going to show up and you don't know when he's going to drive versus when he's going to be content to stand on the three-point line and and fire jump shots, that's got to be hard because, I I mean, you got to start that guy, right? You've got to. And you would think six days ago, Konzo basically took him to task in the press. I mean, he was... Those comments after Ole Miss, you didn't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out. Those were directed to Tillman and Pinson. And so you would think that would get it going. But then I watched that first half tonight, and it was just the same passive, not getting the offense going, taking some jump shots. Um, I it, This team can't win when it doesn't have Tillman and when Pinson doesn't play well. It, it just can't win against almost anybody, uh, to be quite honest with you. here's a, he, We talk about plus-minus a lot, and I always say it's not a perfect stat, but basically it is when you're on the floor, what is the relative score? In 23 minutes, Xavier Pinson was minus 19 today. That is difficult to do. It wasn't even the worst on the team. We'll talk about that in a minute, but we'll go first to the phone lines. two 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 nine area code. Who's on the phone?
5: Hey, um, I, I'm Aaron uh, from Georgia, and I, I've got two positive things to say. Okay. Uh, one, um, I don't have to go to work worried that I'm going to get trash being the only Mizzou fan, living, you know, at my job because they probably don't even know Georgia won
0: because <laughs> they don't care about basketball. Right. They're waiting for spring football.
5: And yeah. Absolutely. And the second thing was I could have been at the game and I would stayed home. So. Uh, so those are my two positive things, and you know I'm, I'm a big Kanso apologist, but I, I really just have nothing, nothing today. Yeah. And um, you know, yeah. and he, he the analogy I have is he's like very Odom. I love Odom as a person, and and I think both of them are good coaches. I think they have, you know, you know I think they're fun. You know, teach fundamentally sound football and basketball, but they just can't recruit the athletes yeah. to win at the next level. And that's,
0: it, like, it. this wasn't about coaching tonight, right? I, the same coach they had got him a 13-point lead is blew the 13-point lead. I mean, he didn't fundamentally change anything with 14 minutes left. He didn't tell him to start turning the ball over and tell Georgia to start making shots. But what you're seeing is a team that has no margin for error because the roster just doesn't have that much talent on it. And in, in the last two years, they've basically signed Kobe Brown. And that's pretty much it. you know so so i I mean yeah
5: but but i'm i I, I, I was trying to get some encouraging words from you you know and saying hey hey the sun you know you know the sun's gonna come up in the morning but
0: i mean i um, i think it is and and here's some encouraging words for you aaron where you live the temperature might even
5: hit double digits like that should make you feel good Oh, we're freezing! We're freezing down here, by the way, because it's forty-five. Right, you know, that's forty-five. Really cold down here. Yeah, it's really cold where, yeah, where I'm at. Yeah, right so. this
0: morning at ten thirty, it got over zero for the first time in three and a half days here. So, <laughs> so.
5: Uh, don't miss those days. Yeah. Right. No, but right. so Aaron,
0: yeah, I'd love—I'd love to lift your spirits, man. But that was a bad loss. I don't see any way to spin it. So, yeah. I,
5: all right, I can't do all it. All right,
0: man. well, take care. All right, thanks All for right. the call, Aaron, down in Georgia. Uh, let's let's jump now to the eight one six area code. Who am I talking to? You still
4: there got with you? me? Yeah, can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I got you.
4: Awesome. Uh, so, kind of two things for me. It's and you you kind of alluded to both of them, Pinson and the coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you had said you didn't think coaching was an issue tonight, and obviously. He's kind of been the one to get them off to fast starts, but then they blow these big leads. One thing that I get frustrated at, I think there was a big possession uh, tonight where they went down to, like, Mitchell Smith on the block. Like, we needed to get a bucket. I we were remember down, that. like, yeah. four or six points. They went down to Mitchell Smith on the block. It feels like whenever we need that bucket, and this has happened a lot when we blow leads, there's not, like, a play. He doesn't have plays that we can go to to get a guy a shot, to get Pinson or to get Smith, either of the Smiths, Drew or Mark, uh, a shot. And it's really frustrating. And then the other thing on Pinson, and I think part of this might have to do with Conzo. I don't know. It's hard to tell because Pinson doesn't get visibly frustrated. Right. But he he seems to get a lot of staggered minutes in the games that we lose. I don't think he's he's played 30 minutes in one of our losses, and that was against Arkansas, which, mm-hmm. I mean – that game was okay to lose. We didn't have talent. We played well. Went to overtime. Fine, but he plays in the low twenties, and I just feel like I'd rather ride with Penson than I would with any of the other guys, even if he's not playing his best. Keep him in the game, like maybe let him get some confidence because we can we can see what he's done when he gets rolling. I yeah, thirty six against you. I think. I mean,
0: at, at halftime, I was saying I, I'm worried Conzo might might like murder x at halftime and not obviously i need to say i wasn't really worried about that but i mean you just like he has the physical ability to take over games and clearly what he is good at is using his speed and driving like he's not a three-point shooter and the entire offense comes off of him driving right now when tillman's there it's, it's the pick and roll they don't really have the guy to do that with when he's not there. Cause that's not, I, I mean, you can use Mitchell Smith in that role, not as often, but I, I mean, Pinson getting in the lane opens up the kick to, to Mark for three or the kick to drew cutting or, you know, Kobe Brown or whatever. And he just, I mean, he wasn't doing that to, he wasn't even initiating the drive. And that's, that's what I think frustrates Conzo is Look, we can put in the game plan. We can say this is what you need to do, but we can't go out there and physically do it. And if you're not doing it, I'm going to put you on the bench, Um, which which I understand because I, I thought, and again, it was, it was just before the phone started ringing. So I'm not sure if you would have heard this, but I mean, in 23 minutes tonight, X was minus 19. Uh, they got outscored by almost yeah. a point for every minute he was on the floor. I thought they were much better when Drew Bugs was on the floor tonight, despite the fact that Drew Bugs is zero threat to score. Um, I just thought the offense worked better because he, he facilitated it. X kind of was getting his own a little bit, but he, he just wasn't doing much for, for the rest of the, the offense.
4: Yeah, you, you mentioned the pick and roll, and – I mean, at least tonight I thought I noticed that guys were getting up top like Mitchell Smith, Kobe yeah. Brown, Parker Brown. They weren't setting great picks up top. They weren't. Okay. I felt like they weren't getting three at all. Um, so, I mean, I, I, and I think Penson does get frustrated because uh, you can tell he gets passive and, yeah. you know, doesn't drive part of the lane like he does when Tillman's in the game or he gets a good pick. Yeah.
6: But, I mean, he, he
4: wasn't great tonight by any means. And, and I he do understand
0: he, your point yeah, of, I, hey – You'd rather lose with your best guy on the court than lose with your, your best guy on the bench. I I do get that. Um, I, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, the ul- the ultimate answer to me is I don't care who was on the floor. Y- you can't go lose this game. And that's why I won't listen to We Didn't Have Tillman tonight. I, I don't care. If, if your roster is such that losing one guy means you can't compete with Georgia, then your roster's wrong. You know, um, and and it, that's a discussion I am willing to have. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think just we got out coached, and I know that's not what you're saying, but people will say that after a loss. And I give me an example. What do you mean? I don't know that it was coaching tonight, but it was just like all of a sudden everything Missouri did to get there, they just quit doing. And uh, maybe that's coaching. Maybe that's execution. I think ever I think you do something like tonight. There's plenty of blame to share with everybody
4: right so i agree thanks for taking my call get
0: rough one thanks for calling thanks for being a part of the show appreciate it appreciate uh, all you guys who are calling in uh and in the in the chats and chat in the comments too and we will certainly get to those but um uh, when we do have people call in that's where we want to start um and numbers up on the screen there five seven three two three four four nine three five also on the screen that burger smokehouse logo which uh They make this possible they they host or they sponsor this for us i host it but they sponsor it uh so check out their stuff at smokehouse.com uh go to the grocery store pick it up like if you're in a grocery store in missouri they have big enough displays you should be able to find them if you can't find them it's back near the refrigerated stuff usually because that's where they keep meat because meat on the shelves you don't generally want to eat so uh, go back to where they keep stuff cold and you'll find it there um so we talked about Pinson's plus minus. Amazingly, it wasn't the worst one on the team. Javon Pickett tonight was minus twenty in twenty-one minutes. Um, also difficult to do. We had talked about his health coming in. Obviously he's okay. He played 20 minutes tonight or twenty-one minutes tonight. He's healthy. Um, we talked a lot on the pregame show about is Torrance Watson gonna play more. The answer to that was no. Um, and it, it, Mark Smith tonight was was decent. Um, scored 11 points on four of eight shooting, two of four from three. Had seven rebounds, three steals. He was better than decent. He was actually pretty good. Limited to 26 minutes because of foul trouble. But I, I think you can make a pretty good argument. Mark Smith was the second best player on the team tonight. 11 points, seven boards, three steals, two turnovers, in 26 minutes. Made half his shots. So. You don't take minutes away from him tonight and give them to Watson, maybe. Uh, Javon Pickett, 21 minutes. He was 2 for 5 from the floor, 0 for 1 for 3, 4 rebounds, 3 fouls, 1 turnover, uh, no steals, no assists. Um, so you could take minutes there. Um, but I think we got the answer to the Torrance-Watson question. No, he's, he's not going to get more minutes. Uh, it, the same thing may very well happen to Parker Brown as soon as Tillman comes back. Like, he played 25 minutes on Saturday, 21 minutes tonight. Those minutes are going to Tillman. And I don't see him taking too many minutes away from Mitchell Smith. So, I, I think the rotation's gonna go back to what it was, pretty much, when Jeremiah Tillman's back. And now, maybe that's a good thing, because they're 0-3 with with the new rotation, you know. Um, I, I just... I don't have many good things to say tonight, guys. Uh, this, to me, was a this was a show up and, like, this game's important. You need to win this game. And we talked about all the downside in the pregame show. And this one is, hurts. I mean, not just from, like, a net standpoint and a ranking standpoint. They're going to be out of the top 25 next week, and they should be. Even if they beat South Carolina, they're out of the top 25 with this loss. 13-6, three in a row, but it's the momentum. It's, I mean, everybody is now questioning this team, right? And even the, let's go back to the last win. Last win was 68-65 over Alabama. Remember, they led that game by 22 points with 13 minutes left. 20 with six and a half minutes left. And then Bama came storming back. And I said, here's the problem. It's always going to be in my head now, even though they won this game, that that can happen. And it happened again tonight, and it's happened before. Um, And it really shouldn't happen with a team with this much experience. And I I know Conzo said they've never been here before, but but they've been in games. They've played with 13-point leads. And uh, somehow you've got to get the message through to them that, being up 10 points does not mean the other team quits trying, you know, and, and you've got to start it again before you're behind. Um, and, and Missouri's had difficulty doing that. So I'm going to run through, uh, run through some of the comments here while we got a minute. And then, uh, certainly, like I said, if you call, we will jump to the phone line. So if you're out there and and you want to talk about it, please feel free to call in, but Gonna run through a few of these comments now. Jacob is is asking if it's fair to say it's been poor coaching. We talked about that some. I mean, it is fair to criticize Conzo. I think um, because look, when you blow a 13-point lead and you lose by 10 and you're down by 14, yeah, it's it's fair. I mean, Georgia should not outscore anybody 45 to 22 in 14 minutes. That shouldn't happen. So coaching is a part of it, but I mean. Again, he they don't get the 13-point lead, and then he tells them, okay, like that's how we got here, but change all that. We want to see if we can win a different way. This, to me, is much more about roster construction and recruiting. And if you believe that this roster has enough talent to be a top-10 team, and they're losing games anyway, then cool. Then you think the problem is coaching. I don't think this roster has the talent to be a top-10 team. I I just don't. I think he's gotten a lot out of what this team has. I just don't think it has enough. So I lean more toward the problem is recruiting. And I will lean more toward the problem is recruiting on 85% of teams that things aren't going well in college sports because I think talent usually wins. Now, does Missouri have more talent than Georgia? Um, I I think so. I mean – I, you could maybe make the argument they don't. I think, like I said, I don't think uh, Missouri has anybody quite like uh, Kamara um, on its team. But, like, top to bottom, I, I think I think Missouri has more talent. Uh, but it, it's not so much more that you're just going to roll the ball out and win, right? Um, I mean, if Missouri plays Georgia ten times, they're, they're going to win more than their share. But my issue with recruiting isn't you're not out recruiting Georgia. It's, I just don't see the talent on this roster that I think it needs to get to where it wants to go. Um, that's that's the bottom line. Look, they could prove me wrong, 100%. Could prove me wrong this year. They could prove me wrong next year. But if we're having a discussion, does it fall more on the in game stuff or on the coaching or on the recruiting stuff? I'm I'm almost always going to side on the side of recruiting, and I definitely will with with this team and this roster. Um, Doctor Sanitary says people will blame the refs and Tillman, but Georgia sucks. Mizzou should have won, and this team officially has problems, and it starts at the top. I I agree with all that. Um, look, I know people are going to say, well, they were in the bonus with 15 minutes left. All right, guys. So let's do this real quick, okay? Total personal fouls called Georgia 17, Missouri 22. Some of those late um, when Missouri was – I would say a fair amount late when Missouri was trying to uh, to make up or trying to to get back in a game that was kind of over. Uh, Georgia, I don't know, went to the line once, uh, twice, three times, four four times in the last two minutes. So four fouls, there was a a five-foul difference, and four of those fouls came in the final two minutes when Georgia was was up big. So in essence, personal fouls were about even. Free throws, Georgia took 26, Missouri took 15. Again, they took eight in the last two minutes. Um, The refs didn't lose this game. And yeah, they called. I understand it was like five to one early in the second half, and it was seven to two or whatever. I get it, but that didn't lose this game. I mean, when 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 Georgia got in the bonus, Missouri still had a thirteen-point lead. That's not what caused Georgia to win the game. It's not like Georgia free throws. It, it, I'm I'm going to look at second half free throws and see what they were. So Georgia was 16-21 to from the line. Again, eight of those came in the final two minutes. So they shot 13 free throws. And let's assume they made 11 of them, right? Which is probably a little high. Missouri was still up 14 points. This wasn't an officiating thing. Yes, there were some bad calls. Um, They're always bad calls. Maybe a few more of them went against Missouri than went against Georgia. But this was not – I'm not going to listen to the argument that the refs lost this game. And and I know Dr. Sanitary was not saying that, um, not at all. So, um, Logan kind of agreeing with what Patrick was saying on the phone earlier. Mizzou was well-suited for a COVID-abbreviated offseason and started well. Other teams have had time to gel and caught up. I, Yeah. I, Guys, it's a really good perspective that I hadn't thought of. I'm going to steal it. Now I'll give you credit when I write about it, but it is—I I think it's a—it's a good thing to look at. Um, uh, Travis says Pinson was bad tonight, and Drew disappeared at times. And I tell you what, I, look, Drew's not going to be good all the time, right? But the play that—that that I thought kind of ended it was—was was Drew came up. I think they were down six. I think it was seventy to sixty-four. And Drew came down and did kind of a one handed pass over on the wing, and Georgia stole it and got fouled. And uh, I mean, the next time I looked up, it was like a 14 point game. Um, Drew was, he wasn't awful tonight, I guess. Uh, Let me look at his numbers here. He had, well, he had nine points, so it's his first game in the last 11 that he wasn't in double figures. He was 4 10 from the field four rebounds, four turnovers, two steals, two assists. Yeah, he wasn't good. Um, He definitely wasn't good, Uh, you know. So, yeah, but so basically what you got is Tillman wasn't there, Henson didn't play well, and Drew Smith didn't play well. Well, Missouri are not going to beat anybody that way. I mean, they're not going to beat literally anybody in this league. Um, Aaron Johnson, will Tillman be emotionally available the rest of the year? Look, I, I don't know where the kid's at. Um, I mean – Mentally, I know where he's at physically, um, but mentally, I don't know. Um, I, I'll never judge a kid or shame a kid for for choosing his family. Um, I don't know what dynamics are at play. I don't know where he's going to be at. I don't know if you're going to get the same guy you had for the first for the last month and a half. But I I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Right when he comes back. David says the season is now Try to make the NCAA tournament. You're right, David. It is. And I think they will. I think they – now, they're not going to go in there hot, really. But I think they built up enough equity that they're going to make it simply by winning games they should win the rest of the way. So that means beat South Carolina, beat A&M, and if you beat Ole Miss at home, I'm pretty sure you're in. That puts you – even if you lose at Florida, that would put you 9-7 and seven in the league. Let's say you split LSU and Vandy 10-8. and eight. You're 17-8 and eight overall. You're going to get in. So I think they'll get in. But do you feel a lot different about what they can do once they're there than you felt three weeks ago a hundred, or two weeks ago or one week ago? Absolutely you do. Because now I'm looking at this team like, seven seed is maybe i mean i would say a six is the ceiling and that includes like beating florida and maybe lsu uh six is the ceiling and it could drop well below that i'm gonna go to the 314 area code who am i talking to
3: hey gabe it's marcus from the Lou.
0: what's up marcus how you doing man
3: Good brother, how are you?
0: I am hanging in. Uh, still, kind of trying to figure out what happened there.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah, I get you. Uh, you were just talking about David Newman. Was about is the season now to try to make the NCAA tournament? I think you predicted early in the season that was kind of the benchmark. Yeah, and I, I don't think we were ever as good as top ten in the country. I also don't think we're as bad as top forty and i think most of college basketball is in that 10 to 40 range yeah so i i just think that's what college basketball is uh and mizzou could come out and three guys play well and they win or yep. you get something like tonight like i think like that's just the majority of college basketball
0: i, I agree with you you're he- You're never as bad as you think you are. You're never as good as you think you are after the highs. And so this team is, I mean, I said before the season, I thought the ceiling for this team was like a seven seed, six or seven. And that's what I think now. So I guess what I thought three months ago was what I think now. It was that month and a half in between when we kind of got fooled into changing our expectations that makes this feel worse than it is. Um. I I still think the goal for this team is make the tournament and win a game. Like, that is progress for this team. It's been 11 years. Yes, you need to get there, but you also actually need to win one, I think. But if you do that, overall, I think it's a successful season. But after you were 13-3 and and had beaten a top-10 team and were in the top-10 yourself, that feels a little hollow, even if it shouldn't, Right.
3: Yeah, absolutely agree, but I really do think that's what this team is. They're yep. like a lot of college basketball kids. They're just right in the middle, and if they get hot, they could win a couple games. And You're like, right. If they're if, playing like now, they could be out week one.
0: Yeah, they've proven – like, they've beaten teams that are good enough that – like, if this team makes a Sweet 16, it's not the biggest shock in the world. I mean, if they make an Elite Eight, it's not the biggest shock in the world, you know? Um I, I wouldn't predict it today, but it is possible. Um, they've, they've beaten three good teams in a row. But like you said, yeah, if, if they lose first round, that that's very possible too. And the one thing I won't listen to is the people that say, well, it doesn't matter where they're seeded because they can do anything on any given day. But the point is, as a three seed, your path is theoretically quite a bit easier than if you're an 11 seed, right? So it does matter.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I just, you know, I... That 10 to 40 range or 10 to 30 range or whatever, they're all pretty similar day in, day out. It just depends on who shows up.
0: I agree. Missouri might be the only team to be ranked 10th and 40th in the same season, honestly, the weather.
3: Also true. Appreciate
0: you, Gabe. All right, Marcus. Thanks, man. Appreciate the call. And uh, look, Marcus is right. Um, You know, again, excellent, excellent point, excellent perspective there in that it's not. Like, it's not all terrible. <laughs> you shouldn't feel off. This feels bad right now tonight. Um, and I think I've had kind of a what-the-hell-happened tone going on because they shouldn't have lost this game, I think. And, and the overall trend doesn't feel very good. But, I mean, again, they should still be in. They, they very well may be seated to win a game. If they make the Sweet 16, it won't be a shock. And the the beauty, it's the blessing and the curse of college basketball. Is that people only really know what happens for three weeks. And so, if you go in as a 10 seed, but you win two games at the right time, nobody remembers that you were a 10 seed or nobody remembers that you fell apart down the stretch of the season. All they remember is, hey, that was a Sweet 16 team. Good year. And and the curse of it is you can win 30 games and you can be a two seed, and if you have a bad day on the wrong day, you go home and nobody cares what you did for the first 35 games of the season. So, you know, still obviously so much to be determined, not only in the regular season, but in the part of the season where most people actually pay attention that I, I don't want to bury this team. We shouldn't bury this team. I think they're still an NCAA tournament team. That said, it's been a bad seven, eight days for, for this team. No question. Um. Bocomo says this is not a good Missouri team. I thought we needed to see something in year four. I haven't seen anything. Well, then you're just choosing not to look. I mean, they're. I don't know. They're 20th in the country. They're not going to be ranked next week, but like they're a top 30 team. They're much better than they they were under 500 last year. If if you haven't seen anything this year, it's cuz you don't want to see anything. I mean that and that's fine. That's your prerogative, but you know Appreciate Patrick supporting the sponsors emotionally eating with burger smokehouse tonight. I like that. Uh, Georgia rebel wants to know where the name dance class came from. That was, I came up with that name. And the reason is because I kind of wanted this show after every game, the idea to be, what's this mean for the NCAA tournament hopes for the big dance, all that. Um, so I came up with that, whether it's any good or not, I don't really know, but I'll take either the, uh, the blame or the credit on that one. um, Let's see. (laughs) Breakfast King wants to see Konzo doing the presser while riding the stationary bike. I actually wanted him to get on the elliptical, to be quite honest with you. Um, Let's see. All right. Still rolling through. Um, Again, Uh, real quick while I'm trying to, to go through these comments and, and just see what we got, uh, two, three, four, four, nine, three, five area codes, five, seven, three. If you want to, uh, give me a call, you can do that. We'll hang out here for a few more minutes. Um, yeah, David says, remember back when few scored 80 on Conzo Martin teams, Mizzou's defense has fallen apart. It's, it's five out of six games. They've given up 80 now. and, And one of those was overtime. Um, didn't give up 80 in regulation, but four out of six in regulation, um, which is obviously not ideal going to the, uh, 908 area code. Now is this, is this my guy shift?
6: Yeah, I didn't want you to think I was uh, going to let you down, Gabe. I, I appreciate it, man. In
0: yeah, what's going on?
6: I got a game to cover in 10 minutes. Doesn't that, that stink? It's it's criminal.
0: No, no game should start at nine thirty, ten thirty, your time. That's ridiculous. Are they out west or yeah. something?
6: Yeah, they're in Phoenix. It's oh. uh, Steve Nash's homecoming. Okay. I, I come to you with, with two things before I have a comment about the game. I, I was asked this question earlier this week. And uh, I admit I had to look up the answer. Can you name the other three members of Mitchell Smith's recruiting class?
0: The other three members. They would have graduated last year. Correct. Probably. Uh, Was Colin Van Leer in that class? No. No? Damn it. I know Jordan Geist wasn't because he was a JUCO guy. Correct. J3? No, he was before that, wouldn't he?
6: No, that's hate. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
6: Reed, Nico, okay. Willie Jackson and Frankie Hughes.
0: Oh, Willie Jackson and Frankie Hughes—the Cleveland connection. How could I forget that?
6: Yeah. What was that guy's name? The high school coach. Yeah. Um,
0: I don't remember, but. uh,
6: Yeah. They both transferred. Frankie,
0: Um, Frankie, or uh, Willie Jackson's at like Ohio now, or maybe Toledo. One of
6: those. I, yeah, I think Toledo and then I think Frankie Hughes was at Duquesne. That I thought okay. that was a great trivia question though. I um I guessed like I guess Colin Van Leer like you
0: like you did. It's an illustrious um, class, yeah.
6: Yeah. Oh, for the books. Um also I you know, I told Mitch that I've been costing you guys serious money. Um so quick story for you. The first time we ever went to Missouri to look at the school, we have been using Burger smokehouse. Yeah for years and my mother insisted we drive to california missouri to see the place in person so so burger Smokehouse is shipper approved yeah
0: it it, what is it like in person um (laughs) it's a a tough
6: question to answer because all i mean all i had to compare it to was the catalog we got in the mail every year (laughs) so i don't know i don't know how to answer that but um I guess it was worth the drive. Okay. We've never been there before, you know. I've um, been to
0: California. I've not been to Burger Smokehouse.
6: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Right. Um, how have the callers been tonight? Have, have, are, I think people are very angry. Not
0: not super angry. Just I think they're kind of like me. They're kind of baffled. Like, what the hell happened there? Um, because like yeah. we, we talked pregame about how maybe they could lose, but I don't think anybody really believed it. I know I didn't believe it, so uh, that was bad. That yeah. Was
6: bad. Before I let you go, um, you know, I, I I've now come to agree with you that the goal for the season is to win a game in the NCAA tournament, and then everything else after that is gravy. I just don't know how practical that looks after tonight. But I agree with you. I if you remember I argued a couple weeks ago. Maybe it should be a little higher. Now I'm I'm completely in in uh, parallel with you on your views yeah. there. And like they can even, but you watch that yeah. tournament,
0: man. Bad teams win in round one all the time, and I'm not saying they're yeah. a bad team, but like worse teams than this win a game or two.
6: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I think yeah, yeah. So it, it's yeah. Just, that's all I got. I Go hope ahead. they
0: get there. It's it's fun to care about the tournament.
6: Yeah. Yeah. I uh you know, I it I always think back to that first combo team. They were obviously on the 8-9 line, but they must have lost how many game, there was the Chioza game, there was the LSU game. You think if if half of those games that came down to the final minute were flipped, they probably get off the 8-9 line and then maybe they're in a bit better position to win that first game or make it more competitive. Granted, there was the Jordan Barnett thing, but um
0: oh, I forgot about I, that. Uh, yeah.
6: Yeah, it feels like a lifetime ago, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I just feel like they the the goal right now should be to have a decent matchup in round one and not and not have something you know like a Loyola Chicago or some team or or, or not run
0: into a Florida State team that you watch and go, oh my God, how was that an eight seed?
6: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: Yep. Well, Schiff, appreciate the call, man. Enjoy watching Devin Booker.
6: Uh, that's a great, that's a good Mazzucca. You know, the last time the Nets played out there, Melvin Booker was there. I ran into him. He now lives out in Phoenix full time. Um, I like it. Cause he couldn't stand watching at home. Yeah. So I'm, I'm ending the call on a, on a Mizzou related note. That's a great way to go out. <laughs>
0: all right. Good deal, buddy. We'll talk to you.
6: See ya.
0: Thanks man. Uh, all right. Now we got the 314 area code on the line. Who am I talking to here?
3: Hi Gabe. This is Adam from St. Louis. I have two questions for you. I apologize if you've already answered for them. I am here late. Um, is there a chance that if we finish sixth or seventh in the SEC that we could still miss the tournament? Typically, we don't run six teams deep in the tournament, right?
0: Yeah. it's Well, The the, the other thing, though, that you have to realize is Missouri had legitimately the best non-conference in the SEC. So... I mean, they were better than Bama. They were better than Arkansas. Better than Florida. Anybody, even better than Tennessee. Anybody that finishes ahead of them, none of them did what Missouri did in the non-conference. So, it, the SEC or the, the NCAA tournament committee is going to look at the whole body of work and beating Illinois, winning, beating Oregon on a neutral court, winning at Wichita State, like. These are these are things that are, are going to weigh huge in Missouri's favor.
3: Okay, that's good news. The other side is, how much are they going, I mean, I know that this is a mess and there's so much status and bracketology and things like that. Are they going to take into account at all that Jeremiah Tillman was not present for these past two games? On one hand, benefit us because we obviously shit the bed the past two games, um, <laughs> or three games rather. The other side of the coin is, Um, Oregon was missing a player when we faced them. That is apparently for the key. We probably want to beat them. Or how much are they going to take into account that didn't have Jeremiah?
0: Yeah, I think it probably matters less than – like I mean, if he misses the last eight games or something, I think they look at it. But if they just go – or if he comes back and Missouri wins every game, they might bump up a seed line by saying, hey, yeah, they went – they lost three in a row, but they didn't have their best player in all three of those, so it could make a minor difference. I don't think it's going to make a major difference, especially in a year where like people are missing dudes every game. I mean, you can't go through everybody's schedule and be like, well, this guy had COVID that game, and this guy had COVID the other game, and then this guy had an ant die. and it, you know. So, it, at, at the most, it'll make a very minor difference, I think.
3: All right, sounds good, Gabe. All right, but Pat. Be right back.
0: Appreciate the call, man. Thanks a lot. And uh, and anytime you want to call to compliment me, I will always put you on the show. So thanks for that. Uh, thanks yeah, to uh, thanks to everybody who who has called Ooh. in and been a part of the show tonight. That's Pat and Schiffer and and everybody else. Uh, certainly, always appreciate the calls. Always like to uh, to have some things to talk about. And guess what, man. Sometimes I even learn some things for you guys from you guys. So I'm gonna roll through, uh, roll through some of these comments. And and Tyler has a, a pretty common question: Would you like to see, or would like to see Conzo call a few more timeouts when we get these ruts and try to get things fixed quicker? I get it, um, I, I do understand it, but I mean you have a timeout every four minutes in college basketball, and a lot of times w- what you'll see, like if another team starts to go on a run with. left. You might see a coach go, all right, let's give this a couple possessions, see how it goes. And then if the run is still going on, well, if you're at 8.50, maybe you call a timeout, but maybe you just wait those 50 seconds for a dead ball till you get the TV timeout. That goes into coaches' thinking thinking a lot. Also, Kanto has said a lot, and he said it tonight. He said it can't always come from the sideline. Like, at some point, you got to have a guy out there kind of take over it's i mean they know what to do you know and i do understand momentum and and why you want timeouts so i i see that side of it and sometimes yes i think you need to call a timeout um i thought he could have called one a a possession or two sooner than he did when georgia was making that big run but you know i mean and, and then again like okay let's say you call one and then out of the timeout georgia goes on another eight two run do you call another one I mean, when's it stop? So I I get the question, um, and and I thought he could have called one a little bit sooner in the second half tonight, but I generally don't have quite as big an issue with it as as I think a lot of people do. Um, Sam says Mizzou staring a six seed in Nashville and a date with Tennessee or Arkansas on Friday, and a seven to ten seed in the Big Dance. Pray for around a thirty two game. Yeah, I I mean I think that's. That's fairly accurate right now, where you stand. Um, I'm about one loss away from seriously wanting Konzo fired midseason. I apologize that you that is not going to happen. Uh, you are going to be disappointed in that. Uh, Davin says any game they win against a Power 5 team with Konzo as coach is a bonus. Davin, you should be happy. You have gotten many bonuses this year you've gotten six of them in the sec you've gotten Oregon you've got Illinois that's eight bonuses this year that's pretty good um inexplicable that this team has lost to Georgia Ole Miss and Mississippi State when they were dominating or playing even I no I agree with that part it's hard to figure out um no question um Here's the flip side. I never know why people bash on Conzo. He's brought a team that barely managed to win 10 games a year with Kim. They didn't manage to win 10 games a year with Kim, by the way, it was nine a year. And now we are an NCAA tournament team. I mean, that's the flip side, right? Uh, people want more, but you also have to realize where you came from. So I, I get both of those. Um, uh, Georgia Rebel says Mizzou doesn't seem to have that go-to guy when things start to unravel, and Conzo kind of said that, and we've talked about that. Like, you don't have that guy. Who who do you turn to when you know you need a basket? Penson, usually, but not, not tonight. Drew Smith. I, it's just not his personality. Tillman but Tillman obviously like he's not gonna go create his own shot he needs help but Con brought that up he said you know we it doesn't have to be the same guy but we need that guy that that kind of goes and grabs the bull by the horns and says let's go get this thing done you know um so I agree good point there Georgia Rebel um don't buy the experience excuse they beat Alabama 11 days ago they fold on both ends of the court when other teams play desperate it, it's fair. Um, you know, I, I mean, maybe a little harsh, I might not say it quite that way. Uh, but you're right. Um, let's see. O Conzo era starting to feel similar to Barry Odom took over a bad situation. and stabilized the program, but now we need to go find the coach drink of basketball. I mean, it's going to be at least till the end of next year. Minimum guys. I I'm just telling you. Like, you can devote energy to it if you want to, but there's no point really in even talking about it. Um, Georgia has won six league games, half of them against Mizzou and Old Miss. That's interesting. Uh, the problem is that X is terrible when he's not great. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be an in-between. Uh, you're right about that. I mean, it's really hot or really cold, Um, didn't realize Mark Smith did so well. Wasn't 100 paying attention to the first half. He didn't seem as good in the second half. I can actually tell you because I've got the first half box score and the second half box score in the first half. Mark Smith had three points on one of three shooting. He had five rebounds and two steals. In the second half, he had eight points on three of five shooting, including two of three from three, two rebounds, and one steal. Did have both his turnovers in the second half. So um, probably a little – he scored more in the second half, probably played a little bit better in the first half. Um, This basketball season reminds me of the 2019 football season. We're not there yet, Case. If they lose to South Carolina on Saturday, we might be there. If they lose to South Carolina on Saturday and then follow that up with a loss at home to Ole Miss, we're pretty much fully there. It's not a terrible analogy. Uh, not there yet, but, um, but yeah, we're getting there. Um <laughs> breakfast king wants to discuss something other than mizzou basketball sorry man Uh, i didn't mean to spend so much time on mizzou basketball on the mizzou basketball show i do appreciate that uh i mean we talked about burger smokehouse for a little while um i i don't know what else we could talk about there's not a whole lot else going on um yeah, sorry, man. I'll come I'll, I'll come with topics next time. How's that? We do have the 573 report tomorrow night with Mitch and I, so uh, we'll try to talk less Mizzou basketball on that. But on that note, seems like a good place to end it, guys. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us, truly. Um, appreciate all the callers, Burger Smokehouse for sponsoring. Um, and, hey, we'll do this again on Saturday. I don't know what time the game is, but whenever it is, an hour before they start, we'll pregame, and then afterwards we'll postgame, and I don't know. Maybe it'll be a
4: better one than tonight. Thanks for watching. Uh, We'll talk to you later.